Hi there, this is Human Nurture, and I'm Jason Brand, practicing couples therapist and your guide on this season-long journey as we ask the question, how does a couples therapist learn to do that? So part of what we do as therapists is we set the frame. And for this episode, the frame is that we will be discussing clinical information, but it's only to be used for education and entertainment and not to be used as clinical advice and counseling. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek the help of a trained couples therapist. So what you're about to hear is a conversation with my producer, Margaret Martin. You will recognize Margaret from a couple of episodes back. She's a wonderful PAC3 therapist out of Austin, Texas, and she helps me to get ready for my follow-up interview with Ron and Shakir. They're a couple out of Alabama who've been married 33 years, and they've got these vibrant lives, but inside their home, they've drifted apart. Margaret's going to get me set to sit with the vicissitudes of helping them be in the room together and navigating what it feels like to be close and then to drift apart and then to be close and then to drift apart. My colleague Margaret, she's a self-described neuro-nerd. She does a great job of sparking curiosity inside of me, which I'm going to then turn around in the coming up episode and spark the curiosity inside of Ron and Shakir about each other. So that's coming up in two weeks. Check out Margaret. Check out Ron and Shakir in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and away we go. Hello, Margaret. Good to see you. Hey, yeah, you too. What we're doing today is just getting me prepped for the conversation that I'm going to have with Ron and Shakir. Obviously, I'll want to, when I first talk to them, get some updates on how they're doing, how the last time we talked sat. The accomplishment of the last session was getting them in the room at the same time in the same place together. And I think I got good enough buy-in from both of them that that I think that there was enough of that. Absolutely. I felt like you had their buy-in. That seems like that was more being in the room together, talking together about something that concerns both of them than they've done in a way long time. I don't know Mm -hmm. how long, but that was the impression that I got. So just curious about that even happening, as you said, having them in the room. And what was that like later? The goal in my mind, before knowing anything that might be a curveball or that might have Mm -hmm. to be talked about based on their impressions of the last time and what happened in between, I think the goal I would have is to get them to engage more directly with each other in the time that we have over Zoom. Since that is something they don't do a whole lot of, and certainly not when they're with someone who's talking about feeling the feels and all the, all that, like, what is that like for them to be sitting on the sofa next to each other, attuned to the same topic that is concerning their relationship. Was it comfortable? How did their nervous systems respond? Did they like it? Clearly they liked it enough to want to do it again. What was that like? Yeah. And why is that therapeutic? It invites the observing self. It invites our capacity, whether we talk about it in terms of meta-analysis or our observing self or the dual attention. We learn, we integrate when we engage our observing self. So it's not just the experience of doing it. It's then the experience of reflecting on Mm -hmm. it. And when we reflect on it together, we get information. If they both liked it, then they can reflect on that together. And you can even invite them. They want to look at each other as they talk about this thing that they both liked. Then there's that interpersonal neurobiological to get all brain 
dorky neuronerd about it that that amplifies the experience. So then mm-hmm. they get that. If they didn't, and that's totally okay. If one of them liked it and the other didn't, or neither one of them liked it, then that's information to have. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, okay, that's good to know. What did you not like about it? Yeah. Is there anything either one of them or you could do to have made it a more pleasant experience? I just think all of that is therapeutic. Yeah, and that, that's I like that because I, I think we all want to be more deliberate, certainly in how we relate to each other. And we want to know mm-hmm. when we're hurting the other person. We want to know when we're lighting the other person up in a way that's good. And yeah. we want to be able to maximize interactions that yeah. feel good and at least be aware when we're hurting the other person. That all sounds yeah. very approachable to me. Yeah. And to be curious about it. I get this sense they met however many years ago, and we all do this as couples, and we just project that onto them for the rest of the relationship. And if we don't have some curiosity about whether or not that projection is correct, and when we do that, then we don't leave room for ourselves or our partners to change. I have Ron in my head here saying, if it quacks like a duck, and if it moves like a duck, then it's a duck. They have a lot of evidence that the other person is a particular way. Yeah. And when we do that unconsciously, not on purpose, have a tendency to block out any evidence to the contrary, Mm. to not see when something happens differently. If I go in with my filter saying this is a duck, and I already know this is a duck, and I already know all about ducks, and this one in particular then if my duck barks, um, <laughs> not expecting it. Um, and I right. might not even notice it because I don't, I haven't left room in my brain for a barking duck. What are the conditions that create mm-hmm. the chance that a new thing is going to happen? To be able to face each other a little more. One of the things mm-hmm. I noticed was they don't look at each other a lot when they're talking and they aren't checking things out with each other about, I'm saying this, do you agree with me? Why or why not? Operating in their own parallel play situation. I'd be curious about, do they play? Have they ever played together? Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. people are parallel players. Does it feel safe for them to face each other, Mm -hmm. to look at each other? Is it safe for both of them? Because you know, what my conditions and expectations are for safety and for, I want my partner to be looking at me. I'm not them. Uh That might be Uh different for them wanting to know about that. It really, it's the curiosity piece Mm -hmm. when you're already in this parallel play, as opposed to the joint play. One curiosity is, are they both comfortable in the room that they were in? Is the TV always on? Some people automatically turn a TV on when they walk in a room. Some people, there's a TV on always in the room. And there are many different reasons for it. Some people sleep with the TV on. I can't do that. Elvis Presley had a TV on always in the room he was in. Really? You met him. I said oh. little known fact. It may be well known. Not a known fact to me. It's not known to you. Yeah, no, he had to have a TV on. But so that's all. That can also be sort of that auto regulation thing. So is there always a TV on? To what extent is it distracting? Ron saying it wasn't distracting for him. Is it distracting for Shakir? Even if it's not distracting for Ron, does she believe him? Mm-hmm. Even if she does believe him, would she prefer that it be? You know, and do they have agreement about that? And then, and that brings in another thing. Now I'm really going to mix metaphors. The chorus, like we've been Mm -hmm. singing this chorus a long time. Yeah, I love that line. When you're singing the chorus 
and you already know the words and you already know the tune, it's hard mm -hmm. to change it. Mm -hmm. So just all of these things, being curious about that and if it's comfortable for them and mm -hmm. what that might mean to change it. Are they in agreement on what the chorus is? If Shakir, I think it was Shakir who said, we've been seeing this chorus a long time, or was it Ron, mm -hmm. one of them? No. And so the question of, okay, Ron, what is the chorus that Shakir refers to? Shakir, is he right? Mm -hmm. Is that the chorus you're talking about? Are we in agreement on the chorus? Are we in agreement on the frequency of the chorus? And has it ever been different? Because if we just accept what Shakir says as, obviously that's her truth. Mm -hmm. Is that also his? Yeah. And you seem to keep saying, slow down and just look at what's right yeah. in front of us. Don't try to say, okay, we know what the chorus is. Now let's run and try to change the chorus. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is there even a group yeah. on the chorus? Wait yeah. a minute. Is the room set up? Are the two of you set up in a way where you can actually learn something new from each other? It might sound basic, but that ends up being a whole lot of the work is just getting people to focus in those directions. Oh yeah. And I have to go slow because my brain will go into, as you can tell, just like talking with me, I start going into, I will go into overdrive. And, mm -hmm. and if there's too many things and, oh my Lord, couples do this all the time and they bring up 10 different topics and I start going, I'm like, whoa, that's, yes. I can't handle that. So I actually, for me, it's easy to deal with that because I just tell them, I can't let you do that because mm -hmm. I can't help you because my ADD brain cannot do that. Yes. So if you are in therapy with me and I am going to help you, then we have to do one thing at a time. And I got overwhelmed, honestly, with all that was going on. There's mm. ex-wives and there's mothers who have passed away and there's the TV on and there's listen now, process later. There's so many threads. And so there's just too much on the board to make sense of anything in real time. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, it makes me think of just like juggling apples or plates in the air. And it's just, they're, they're too many and they each have their own story and they each have their own history. One thing I do, if my frontal lobe can stay engaged on the multiple topics long enough, is there are so frequently the threads typically boil down to one or two, three themes at the most. Mm -hmm. It's about being seen. It's about mattering. It's about whatever the thing is, mm -hmm. feeling lovable, worthy. And so with all of these topics that any couple has brought up and, and with, in this case, with Ron and Shakir, and for them, it's, I don't know the core word that either one of them would put to it, but it's related to being seen and being acknowledged. Ron, I just want you to come talk to me. Why mm -hmm. do you enjoy talking to these other people and not me? Shakir, the same thing. I am a multidimensional human mm -hmm. is what, those are my words, not hers, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I want you to see the full picture and be curious about what's happening inside, not just what you see mm -hmm. on the outside. Mm -hmm. I just want you to approach me. You're interested in have much more fun and relaxation with your ex-wife. I'm right here. And what is their age difference? Their age difference, 20 some odd years. And they've been together quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, 33 years. 33. 
Holy moly. Yeah, that's a long time. Okay. Because I remember he said when they met initially, he was working at the school mm-hmm. that she was at. So she was a student. I never did get that whole story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about what that story yeah. is. So they met when she was young, not a fully formed or any of us ever fully formed, not a fully formed to be brain nerdy and fully myelinated brain, all of mm-hmm. that. And over the course of their relationship, they have parented together. She has gone back and gotten an advanced degree. I don't mm-hmm. know if he did or not. So she has really done a lot of growing up, becoming a woman in the time that he has known her. And does she feel that he recognizes all of that? Oh, good. I don't know. Just being curious about that. Because that's an awful lot for someone to do after you meet your life partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it because you can go both ways with that. I mean, what changes did did Ron notice in her and which ones is he really excited about and which ones does he wish he, you know, hadn't changed? Yeah, so there's a absolutely. lot of, there's a lot of room yeah. to go on, on both sides there. Yeah. And of course he, because we're human and humans are not static. Of course he has not been static no. the entire time either. Less significant because she was so young when they met in that maturation process. He was already an adult, but Mm. still, still, he has not remained static. So are there changes that he's made that he would like to know that she sees? You you wrote me a quick note about that Ron needs a green light. There's this whole question about initiation. Ron is really needing some signals, I think, from Shakir in order to initiate. Can you help me think about that a little bit? Uh, Because I got a little stuck there. Yeah, I'm thinking there's some history for him. Of course, we don't wake up one morning and just need a green light unless he knows it's going to be safe and that the chances of rejection are really low. He's unlikely to initiate contact. My guess Mm -hmm. is that he spent a lot of time taking care of himself when he was a kid, Hmm. that maybe the adults around him were really busy or distracted or had a lot going on. It's not just that he needs a green light. He needs someone standing there holding the ball, asking him if he wants to play. That if you don't tell me you want to play, I don't know that you want to play. It's an invitation. If you're doing your own thing over there, then I'm just going to assume that you don't want to talk to me. He said this, if she wanted me to join her, essentially, she would let me know Mm. that letting me know is the green light, but it may actually need to be an invitation. And so I'd be curious about where that comes from. I'd be curious about when that changed, who initiated contact when they first met. Was it easier because she was younger? Their age difference was a bigger deal when she was 30 years ago than it is now. So it may have felt easier. Or she may have approached him. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. The piece I've got in my mind is that is that there's hurt along the way. I don't know if Ron would say that he gets hurt by it, but to hear the other people in the room having a good time and then to not invite in, that's something. Yeah, there had definitely been some wounding around that. Mm-hmm. So what is that? And finding some language, this is, there's, you're going to have to titrate this some with him for him to name. Yes, it's that mm. like lonely. And he's like, nope, wasn't mm-hmm. lonely. <laughs> Maybe thinking in advance about what is some language that feels more palatable to him 
We have a man who is very reserved Mm -hmm. in many ways. Shakir is much more emotive, talking about the feels. That's not what it gets him going. And so the implication of that there's an emotional response to that, feeling lonely, feeling rejected, feeling any of those things that you are likely to hit a wall. It might not resonate Mm -hmm. and it might feel too vulnerable or be historically an implied weakness. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what language would feel more connecting to him. And actually that's a question for Shakir. That's a Mm -hmm. good cross question. It would be a good question. What is the language that would connect with him to describe his experience when he feels like you're in the other room or you're, yeah. you're not paying attention to him or you're not communicating with him. What is his experience of that? Yeah. Cause the way he describes it is not in feeling terms and not in the impact to him. He describes it in, I just expect that if she wanted to, she would, and she must not want to. There's no, and therefore that feels like a cut or, and therefore that hurts. It's just very matter of fact language. And therefore, why would I do that if I believe she doesn't want to? This is great because I think we can bridge something here. And the reason to do this is not because it will please two therapists, one sitting in Austin and one sitting in Berkeley. The reason to do this is because he is married to a woman who really wants him to understand feelings and to be in the feeling realm more. Mm -hmm. It's not for anybody's benefit except to have a better relationship. Now- With that said, we also have to go the other direction, which is Shakir has a lot of feelings and Ron. And I think one point I said to Ron, I think it'd be nice just to be able to shoot the shit with her. And I got a nice, I got a nice face Mm -hmm. from him saying that, and that seemed to touch something. And so the other way goes here is that Shakir is also going to have to learn some skills Ron had a great thing. Talking is sharing and sharing is getting to know each other. There was like a, let's just follow this trail and we'll get there. Just trust me, things will get good if we're able to just do that. She has to be able to do that for him as well. I was very struck, obviously, by this idea of listen now, process later from her. And I just wonder, what does that mean? And if you have some words of support for me in terms of, because she was obviously having big reactions. She was saying, well, I thought these feelings were more dealt with. That was very alive in her. What's what's my role in, in that and how to help them engage with that? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I think they need to be at least in a V shape, if not facing each other, at least partly. Uh, I would ask Shakir, you said, listen now, process later. I'd be curious, Ron, what does that mean? And looking at Shakir, reading her face, does it seem like you're headed in the right direction or Mm -hmm. did you just miss the boat? And then ask her that. And when she processes later, how much later? Mm -hmm. With whom? Is that by herself? Is that coming back to Ron and processing with him? I'm guessing not, but I don't know. Yeah. Does she do that with a daughter, a friend, a sister? Great. And I actually I want to show the cards here, which is you're asking the other partner to talk about what they imagine their partner's experience to be. Yes. Okay. And why do that? Oh, because otherwise you are the expert on them. And you can't possibly be. 
So if you are the one who is inquiring, Shakir, tell me about that. Here's what I think it means. Then that's great if you're moving in with them, but I don't think you are. Ideally for them to ask each other these kinds of things. If you're the one in the room being curious about what the heck ask now process later means and whether or not Ron understands what that means, then it lets both of them off the hook and you do the work. And when that happens, they don't, again, neuro nerd, their brains don't absorb it in a learning way in the same way. And they don't get that experience in their bones of being curious and asking and then knowing I recognize in my partner's face. Oh, I don't recognize. Oh, that I actually, I thought I knew how to read my partner, but I don't. Or yay, being, I do know how to read my partner. Yay. It might not come naturally to you. Hmm. Or you might not even know that it's okay to be curious about another person. And so it creates new neuropathways. Oh, I'm learning to be curious. I'm learning Mm -hmm. to ask. Jason did it for me, then I wouldn't get to have the experience of learning how to do that. My brain wouldn't start moving in that direction. It also gets the presumptions out of the way too. So what's going on for Ron right now? Whenever he looks like looks at like that, I think he's angry or I think he's not listening. Right. But so that's a presumption. Okay. Is that right? No, actually, I'm yeah. not angry right now. What's going on for me is I'm curious or I'm wondering about this. Okay. So it, it stirs up the usual way that we talk to each other and makes us listen more to each other in real time about what's actually going on between us. Absolutely. Back to our duck, you know, it, oh, in real time, I'm asking, is it a duck? Wait, what are you talking about? It's not a duck? Oh, because I've already decided it was. So now I'm asking and then I'm error correcting. Oh, and then my partner can see that I heard it's not a duck. And my partner can see that oh, wait, you thought that was a duck the whole time? Oh, Oh, no. Corrects history. Yeah. And then they also, in my experience, there's a whole lot of, oh, well, a whole lot of things just started making sense now. Uh (laughs) Like that argument we have all the time about quacking. Uh Now I know it's actually this. Very cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Margaret. I know you got a busy schedule and, but I really appreciate you taking the time and wish me luck, wish them luck. I think it's going to be great. I can't, I'm excited to see how they do and what that's like. It's funny. You start getting an investment in colleagues, clients or colleagues, people that they're working with after there's a consultation that's, oh, now I'm invested in them. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're great at doing that. So I totally appreciate your time. Have a wonderful weekend until Thanks. next go around. Right. Later. Okay. There you have it. Good, solid consult from my friend, Margaret Martin, my producer. Thank you so much to her for stopping by. Thank you to Ron and Shakir for participating. And thank you to you for listening. If you've got questions or comments, just email me, jason at jasonbrand.com. See you next week when you'll hear the couple clinical interview with Ron and Shakir. Get to hear what I did with this good information that I got from Margaret today. Okay, until then.